Hi, good morning from the Holy Land. This is Devorah Harrell with a new episode of Healing from the Holy Land. It's a continuation of my previous podcast, The Truth About Posture, and this one is titled The Truth About the Warrior Stance. Now, if you've been called to listen to this, you've likely found yourself or find yourself in this stance in some way, shape, or form due to some reason, and we'll discuss some of the reasons that I've seen for someone to come into this warrior stance. And I want to impress that the reason why I'm doing a whole podcast on this, I've seen this come up so much in my practice. And again, for various reasons, um, each person has their own story. But I would say that many of the people who come to me are looking to heal some deep-seated trauma or, I don't want to say deep-seated, some difficult trauma that they endured, often serially, meaning often continuously over time, or some deep belief that was planted in them at some point in their lives that took hold and created a pattern of dysfunction for them. And when I say dysfunction, I mean that it set off patterns that stop a person, that mitigate someone from being their highest, best self, from being free to live truly who they are. So it'll cause people to, for instance, be extremely self-reliant, which on the one hand is a great thing to be. It's great to know that you can rely on yourself to deal with things in life, to get what you need, to um, take care of stuff. But if someone is overly self-reliant, they have a difficult time receiving from other people. And that's I can't think of the right word in English. Nason is the word in Hebrew. It's just a tragedy. It's tragic for someone to not be able to open themselves up because then they don't open themselves up fully to other people's support, to other people's love, to being loved, to feeling worthy of love, etc. So it's really important to recognize that connection between body, mind, and spirit, to recognize that beliefs that we take on and stances that we come into, everything affects everything else. So in the holistic model of body, spirit, emotions, and mind, when one is concerned, so are the others. There's no separating the four in my experience. And so whether the person is thinking now of the emotional aspect that led to it or seeing the results of standing in a physical stance for 30 years, one can go at it from either the body, releasing the hold on that stance, relaxing the muscles that have kept the person in that stance. And it can be worked on emotionally by dealing with the emotional root that caused the person to stand in that stance in the first place. And it can be dealt with spiritually 
a belief somewhere that God set things in motion the way they're supposed to be, forgiveness of the way things were, and mentally stopping ourselves, the mind, stopping ourselves from thinking certain thoughts that are keeping us steadfast in that stance that is no longer necessary. So we're going to touch upon things here that are very related to healing PTSD. PTSD is when someone in, in just the terms now of, of this podcast, what we're talking about here when I'm referring to PTSD in this podcast is the notion that someone can be triggered into a place that makes him feel like he is still standing in a trauma, whether it happened two minutes ago, two months ago, two years ago, or 30 years ago. There is a place in a person where the memory is stored. And when that memory is triggered by a sound, uh, words, an emotion, a smell, a place, a situation, circumstances, that person can be thrown back in time to the initial trauma and feel as if he's standing right there and his body indeed will show signs as if he's standing in that trauma. So he'll go into fight and flight. He might feel panicky. He's likely going to be extremely defensive in his posture or offensive, trying to defend himself. And um, will likely respond to things in a way that don't make sense even to him. So it can be simple, as simple as someone reacting harshly to a really um, pure request, right? A child can ask something from their mother, but that request reminds the mother of a place where she didn't have the ability to say no and where she felt robbed of being able to fully express herself and to say no, even though saying yes put her in a really, really difficult position. If that happened to her over and over and over again and led her to a place of disempowerment and frustration and anger and fear, right? Because if she felt like she couldn't say no, that meant that she was afraid that something would happen. There would be a, a consequence and there was fear for her. And so now a child can make an innocent request that reminds the mother and triggers her and she'll react harshly. Instead of simply saying, as the healed adult, no, I can't do this right now. Or it could be as drastic as someone going into a full-on panic mode, feeling like they can't breathe, their heart races, they, may, they might faint, um, they might not be able to speak, because they're living in the terror of that moment. And so the ways that we help the body get out of this triggered space is by telling ourselves over and over again, one of the ways is by telling ourselves over and over again, our name, where we are, that we're safe, reminding ourselves of the time and place that we exist in now. Because 
what I have seen in people who seek healing is that there are two people that we're dealing with. There's, and it, it's coined the right brain and the left brain. There's the right brain that has already healed and is already living a successful, functioning life. Barring areas where they might get triggered or things might come up, for the most part, they're leading a successful life. They're able to wake up in the morning. They're able to hold a job. They're able to, they're married or in a, a relationship. They have a family. They keep home. They're functioning to whatever degree they are able to function in this world. At the same time, they're dealing with the left brain, the area that is still keeping them trapped in a way in patterns and behaviors that are, were set because of the trauma belief that happened early on or at a certain point in their lives that keeps them in this place. And so what we seek to do is show the left brain that we are now grown and healthy. And even if we don't have all the answers, and even if we're not living at our healthiest, and even if we still have patterns and behaviors that we'd like to heal, for the most part, we're living a successful life and we are okay. And the threat no longer exists. And just repeating that over and over. Now, this really takes time. And I can say that because I'm going through this and I have gone through this on my own. And as a healer, I feel like the community of healers can... And, and it doesn't mean that you have to actually have a sign outside your door saying that you're a healer. So many people who have gone through deep trauma and have lived through great challenge in their lives are healers because they've healed themselves and perhaps helped other people as well heal through their trauma. So it doesn't mean that you have to advertise yourself as a healer. But... The healer mentality is one where the, 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 the healer mentality, the healer consciousness, the healer is by definition someone who has gone through so much on their own. In Hebrew, the expression is al-besarech, on your own skin. And therefore, we are able to be in a place of empathy and help other people heal through it. So from someone who's been there, someone who is there, it can take time and exercise, practice to convince our left brain that we no longer live in a place of panic and fear. And we no longer need certain shields and safeguards that we set up for ourselves at whatever age that we went through, whatever we went through, that tell us certain things, you know, to be careful, to be aware of, that keep us in a defensive posture. So now I want to talk more about this warrior stance. What is this warrior stance? The warrior stance, I will, if you think of, um, think of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman stood with her legs slightly apart you can think of the initial Wonder Woman. You can think of Gal Gadot. You can think of the cartoon pictures of how she's standing. But she's standing with her feet slightly apart. 
toes slightly out, hands at her side, pelvis forward, back arched, shoulders back, chin raised, and she's ready to take on the world. Now, one of the most affected areas and the area that can cause people the greatest dysfunction, again, when I say dysfunction, I go back to my earlier definition of places where it inhibits health, is the sacrum moving forward. That pelvis being forward, and I've seen people whose muscles are so tight holding that sacrum forward and that whole aspect is can be so straining for the body. The muscles are just holding on so tight and it can cause disruptions of the energy flowing down to the legs. So if anyone listening to this has leg weakness, whether it shows up on a regular basis, like when they walk up hills or when they try to take a long walk and their legs tire quickly, or when they go go out on runs and they hit a point where they just need to stop running because they feel like their legs have run out of energy. There is a disruption of flow of energy, a greater than that, or equally important, The sacrum is the seat of energy, and if there's some overlap from the previous podcast, then just uh, bear with it. These are important points. The sacrum is the seat of energy in the body, and it is masculine in its build and in its essence. It's part of the governing vessel, which rules the back of the body, starting from the forehead and going down to... Um, the base of the spine, the base of the perineum. And that governing vessel is the masculine energy. It is support. It is reliability. It is single focus. It is protection, providing. And the sacrum is a, a conjoined bone made up of five other bones. And it looks like a wing. And it's curved in just the way God designed the body with such specificity that the dynamics of it's like learning I don't know what the concept it's like aerodynamics but of the energy in the body it's it's built the body is built so that energy flows at its highest efficiency through the body and the sacrum is built in such a way with curves and its, and its shape to be the seat of the energy when, when a, a child, when the, the spirit, the energy of the person sits in the body and there's uh, different opinions of when that happens, if it's at conception, if it's later on in the development of the embryo, if it's at birth, whenever you'd like to put that time when that soul comes into the body it sits the energy of the person sits comfortably and rests comfortably at the sacrum and people who work with infants and I specialize in working with infants um, we often work on helping a child who has a hard time sleeping nursing um, 
being calm, we help coax that energy. We help create that space with the sacrum of grounding for their energy. Because a lot of times their energy is not quite comfortably seated. And as long as that energy keeps trying to fly up and doesn't fully root in the body, um, the child can feel it unrest and have disrupted uh, natural rhythms. So having that energy be able to sit fully is really, really important. And allowing the sacrum to sit in its space as part of the governing vessel and not have it move forward towards the conception vessel, towards the feminine, the front of the body, the yin, as soon as it moves forward like that and the muscles hold it tight in place, now it's lost its viability is or that's coming up in a way. It's lost its place. It's been displaced from its function. And while it's trying to defend the body and being called to defend the body, it's not in its efficient position to do so. It's kind of like taking a cannon and placing it in a way where when it fires, it's surely going to miss. So you're trying to bring it, let's say, closer up to the front lines, but now that it's there, it's not going to hit the target. So then you need to move it back so that it will hit the target efficiently. So the sacrum needs to be in its place. It needs to be sitting in line with the rest of the spine so that that energy can sit there properly. Someone who's been called into warrior stance felt the need to raise the level of security for themselves. They felt the need to move the sacrum out of its ideal position and move it forward to gird itself, to strengthen its front lines. And that came from a place of there was a lack of masculine presence making that person feel protected. Now, this is for most people, okay? There can be other reasons, but for most people, I have found that there was some place where the masculine energy wasn't strong in their lives, showing them that they're protected. And so they felt the need to go into this warrior stance and take the sacrum out of the masculine, they no longer feel like they can rely on that protection coming from yang energy, from masculine energy. And so they took it upon themselves, male or female, they felt the need to tighten things up. Now that'll also be at the shoulders, at the, at the, at the scapula, the shoulder blades. Most people in this warrior stands have extreme exhaustion there and points that I could touch that will bring extreme pain. They might not feel it on a regular basis, but it'll bring pain and it keeps them in a stance that is actually um, weakening their system. So weakening the muscles. So also there and also at the pelvis and then also at the neck, um, the ligamentum nuce, which is a um, piece of ligament, a thick ligament, a, a wide ligament that is at the base of the skull and crosses the back of the neck. It protects a very, very special chakra 
that is in charge of ascension, that is the portal, I should say, of ascension, not in charge of everyone has a choice, but it's the portal of ascension. And if it senses negative energy, if it senses threat, if it senses dark energies, then it tightens up. So also there you can find a lot of tightening and people with tightness in their jaw and their neck with a tendency towards migraines or tension headaches. Um, so, and, and essentially there'll be weakness in the neck, shoulders, and pelvis because of the tightness of the muscles holding the person in this stance. And again, some people have held the stance for a couple of months, a couple of years, and sometimes for a couple of decades. So again, it, I started saying before that this can be worked on through the body and it can be worked on through the mind and it can be worked on spiritually and it can be worked on emotionally. The best approach is to do all of those together and that's where holistic healing practices come in because we look at the whole aspect and we deal with all of it together. It's not only talking it out, it's working it out of the body at the same time as strengthening the spiritual connection and healing any spiritual wounds that might be keeping us in that place. And on top of that, changing whatever beliefs were created at the time of the trauma or the difficulty that help keep that person in a pattern of dysfunction. Again, use my own personal uh, interpretation of the word dysfunction, please, my own personal definition. It inhibits health. So when we work on all four together, that's that's when people find their aha moments. That's when people encounter spontaneous healing on a very, very, very high level. I see I'm going over my usual 20 minutes, but this is a big topic and for those of you who recognize symptoms of warrior stance, very self-reliant, you always like to be in control, you like to do things your way, um, you might even have come to a point where you are able to rely now on masculine energy, where you feel comfortable with masculine energy, where you feel comfortable sitting and letting other people do things and you've healed out of it to a certain degree. And I'd like to say that until the body has worked through healing, you could have, you could quite possibly have healed the spiritual, mental, and emotional sides. Until the body is allowed to let go. And that could happen with time. If you've been able to heal those other three aspects, it could be that you've also been able to heal out the physical. We are self-sustaining, self-healing organisms. God created us that way. And some people are able to get to that level of healing on their own. But I'd like to say that there are many people, including myself, who need or who desire helping hands, who have been so self-reliant and self-sufficient for so long that they'd like to open up now to allowing someone else to help them clear this from themselves. They'd like to not have to do everything on their own. And they'd like to, you know, there's concepts in the healing world, so many people. And when I first encountered this, I had such a strong resistance. 
that say you need to find everything within yourself in order to live a fulfilled, healthy life. And I hear that, and it's true. You need to be able to love yourself and not rely on other people to love you. Otherwise, you won't ever be able to fully be a fully healed being. And it's okay to need other people to love you and to want other people to love you and to feel fulfilled by other people's love. We're humans. But we first need to understand and be satisfied with our self-love. Be at a place where our self-love is at such a high degree that now anyone else's love simply magnifies and, and, and adds this amazingness to our lives but we are able to love ourselves on our own. We need to recognize that God provides us protection and that we are able to also protect ourselves on, in certain ways so that we can let go of our um, need to self-protect. And at the same time, it's okay and wonderful and part of a healthy masculine-feminine relationship for a woman to rely on her partner for that feeling of protection. It's amazing if a woman has a passion and loves going out to work and is able to provide for herself, it's also okay for her to allow her husband or spouse or partner or father or son or whatever masculine energies are in her life. It's also okay for her to let them, and it's not just okay, it's healthy for her to let them pamper her and shower and provide for her because that's what the masculine energy needs. It needs to provide. So there, there's this, you know, pull towards self-sufficiency and being, I don't like even using that word, being comfortable as a whole human within ourselves. Right? We're coming up to that. Um, anyway, that's... Uh, Taurus energy, and I'm not going to get into that now, but the point is that we become a full whole, and then we're able to meet up with another whole human and feel fulfillment from each other on an even higher level. But we first need to be whole. At the same time, and the reason why I had resistance to this is because for so many years, I felt like I was taking care of me. I was taking care of me. I was feeling like I needed to self-protect and and be the person who provided the things that I needed for myself or find ways to get it for myself because it wasn't automatically given. And it's okay for us to say, I'm going to allow someone else to help me now and to open up our arms and to open our hands and to be open to receiving, open them wide, to receive abundance, to receive support, not have to do everything on our own. So if you are feeling that this resonates for you, feel free to reach out to me um, at healingfromtheholyland or at gmail.com or through um, my website. There's a place to contact me. Um, you can feel free to book a free 20-minute chat with me and we can talk about what you're going through. Um, but if this has opened something up for you, I encourage you to find the support that is appropriate for you and um, just be aware, even just to sit in the awareness of what's come up for you and allow that to, 
do whatever magic it's going to do for you because awareness is really 90% of the game. Once we're aware, then things can just happen. So, all right, on that note, um, have a wonderful and healthy and magic-filled day. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you if you feel called to share with me or to reach out to me. All right, sending love from Nollyland. Land.